What's going on, guys? Uh, first off, want to start by saying, did anybody else see Game of Thrones? It's crazy. Um, today is Wednesday, May 15th. Game of Thrones was Sunday, second to last episode. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, Daenerys Targaryen goes crazy. I want to go on the record by saying, I think that Sansa Stark is going to sit on the Iron Throne by the end of this. That's my personal belief. That's my opinion. Um, and also with Game of Thrones, like you just got to flip a coin and hope that you're right because anybody can die at any given time. Um, wanted to say that, but uh, let's get into it. First guest today is none other than my friend, Michael Machiavello. Uh, Mach and I met at UTC, Ultimate Training Camp, last summer, and we hit it off real hard. And if you know anything about summer camps or Christian camps in particular, like you meet people and you create relationships quick and you get deep. You know, it's like it's like going through an experience with somebody. And that's exactly what happened with Mock. Um, this interview, actually, this voiceover right here, this interview happened about a month before, probably a little over a month before. I actually just saw Mock a couple weeks ago at the U.S. Open, which he placed third at. His only loss coming to Bo Nickel. Um, so, man, guy came out and competed. He did great, did a great job. Uh, came over to my uncle's house. We played some basketball. And uh, you have never seen a game of pig go so long without somebody shooting, making a shot. It was horrible. I think we went 30 minutes and not one of us made a shot. And he killed me. Like, he killed me in pig. It was so bad. Uh, but it was fun. It was a good time. He hung out with myself and my cousins for a little bit. So it was a good time. Got to catch up with him. And, uh, and yeah. So if you don't know who Mike is, he, uh, he wrestled at NC State. Just graduated last year. Um, I think he just got his master's. But uh, was a national champ there. His senior year, 197 pounds. Dude's a freak. Got a crazy story. You'll hear a little bit of that. This interview's uh, kind of long. It's like 50 minutes or so. But um, crazy story. Crazy good guy, man. Uh, he was telling me in, uh, when we were in Vegas, Coach Zadik actually had to say, Mock, you've got to stop apologizing when you club people or do something because it makes you look weak. Uh, so that's uh, that. I kind of got a kick out of that, but that's just Mock's personality. That's who he is. There's a video. There was a video going around like a month and a half ago, of hitting hitting somebody, and and like clubbing them in a wrestling match, and then saying he was sorry. And so I guess Coach Zadik got on him for that. But uh, no, yeah, that's uh, that's where we are. And uh, without further ado, here's my interview with Mike Machiavello. You know what I mean? Yeah. For so, sure. How about you, man? How are you doing? Doing all right, man. You know, the guys are at Pac-12. Desi's wrestling, so um, that came as a, as a shock. I mean, I don't think the coaches or anybody was shocked, but I was shocked when he came back yeah. this last term. But, um, you know, it is what it is, and uh, I think I'll be the best my senior year because he's in the room working with me. So yeah, I'd rather give up two decent years for one really great year if, if that's the – if that's the option, so. Absolutely. So I think um, I think my like I said I think my senior year is going to be the best because he's in the room, not because he's not not because I got to wrestle. You know what I mean? My junior year. Yeah. You've all, you always like approach things like with a great mentality, man. So that's I'm excited for you, man. For I appreciate real. that. It's uh it's also been a few months since it happened, so it's like you know you hear the news and you're like ah, oh. you know because you know I wasn't eligible first term so. Yeah. Didn't get to wrestle too much, but it is what it is. It happens, man. But um, what about you with wrestling? Is uh, is twenty twenty? Is that the the end date? Twenty twenty is the goal, my man. So I'm gonna... trying to win the gold Olympic gold medal, um, and honestly, a world title this year is also a goal. So just trying to make sure that I'm improving as much as I can and growing as much as I can by the time U.S. Open comes around, World Team Trials, Final X. So I can make the team because, I mean, it's a tough competition. Got to return a world champion by weight class. Yeah. You know, so I got to make sure that I'm firing on all cylinders and I'm wrestling really, really sharp. You know, minimizing the amount of errors I make and 
you know, it's just taking it one step at a time. But the goal is to wrestle world championships and win that, and then just kind of get prepared for the Olympics next year and figure out what weight I want to go, man. So many people have been asking me, you're going to go up, you're going to go down, and I have no idea. Because, I mean, you already know 92 kilos isn't an Olympic weight. Yeah. So, you know, I got to figure out if I want to go down or go up. And it doesn't matter where I go, man. I'm going to have world champ or... Killers, man. You got yeah, world. You got killers. world. You got world champs that couldn't make the Olympic team. Yeah, so. some killers, man. So. But uh, no, man. I believe in you. So, qu- quick question, little little teaser question. All right, fire is, away. Fire is away. Cox at your weight, or are you at Cox's weight? How do you answer that question? <laughs> he's the returning world champ, but how do you think about it? Do you say I'm at Cox's weight, or or he's at my oh, weight? That's interesting. Huh. That's a that's a good question. Yeah, you put me in a tough spot just now. I'm just let you <laughs> let you know. That. Hey, he might be watching I'm actually, too. I'm actually buddies with him, so if he sees this, I'm be like, ah. <laughs> no, Jaden sees this, man. That's that's tough, man. It's it's Mike Machiavelli's weight class. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Missouri boy too, and I'm rooting. Nah, I'm just yeah. Messing. No, I think Jaden don't like, beat me up. I think I think. You know, if you if you really are like you know trying to win a world title, I think it doesn't matter who you are. That's the type of mentality you have to take. Every, have everybody's to take. everybody's yeah, in your weight class. Yeah, everybody's in my weight class. I think that's the mentality you have to take. And I think too, individuals like Jaden or Kyle or David or Dake or Jordan, you know, they all understand that and they respect that because that's how they think. Yeah, that's how they process. You know, that's how they approach things mentally. You know, and I think. But to be honest, I try my best to be to be neutral. It's not anybody's weight, man. It's 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 whoever earns it that given day, you know. Because to be honest, no one's invincible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're all human, and you know it's not like we're all exempt from losing. There's not one person who will never ever lose in their entire career. Everybody has lost at least once in the rest of their career. Even Kale Sanderson lost at the senior level. Do you all remember from Cuba? Kyle Dink. Jordan Burroughs. Jordan Kale Sanderson Cal- lost to Les Gutches, the Oregon State boy. Yeah, it's true. I forgot about that. And then on top of that, Kyle Snyder's lost. Jaden Cox has lost. Jordan Burroughs has lost. Alex Daring has lost. Um, David Taylor has lost. You know, the best guys in the world, Sagalai has lost. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. The best guys in the world have taken a loss. But it's like, okay, how well can you bounce back and how much can you learn from those experiences and I think the best guys in the world are able to take those losses and make the most out of them you know what I mean and I think two of the best guys also have like this 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 uh this crazy amount of confidence but also like this really really strong sense of humility you know what I mean because what I'm learning right now with where I'm at is like Yo, you can think you're the best guy in the world, but like sometimes that can be a, a, a pitfall. That can be a downfall because then you start to think you don't have to work as hard. And then you start to think that, okay, this is going to be handed to me because you're so confident and you don't have to earn it. But the reality is like the best guys in the world are the best guys in the world for a reason. And that reason is because they understand, okay, what I did yesterday doesn't matter. It's what I do today and what I do moving forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so they approach every single day with an understanding that, okay, I'm not perfect. I have to constantly be learning, constantly be evolving, constantly be changing. You know what I mean? Because there's other guys who want to working just as hard coming after me. You know what I mean? And so, like, if you go in it with a mentality like, oh, no one's going to touch me, you know, like that, that might hurt you. And so having this, like, strong sense of humility with this, you know, really, really strong sense of confidence, it's like this, like, strange balance, of, of both, you know what I mean? Yeah. So trying to figure figure that out, like, you know, being extremely, extremely confident in my wrestling ability, but also have a strong sense of ability to where, I, you know, I'm pushing myself to work hard and I have a chip on my shoulder the entire, you know, every single step of the way. Absolutely. It's kind of weird, just circling back to that question, it's kind of weird because you said, you know, everybody has that mentality and they respect it, but it's almost like a, you're mad at the other guy for having that mentality and he's mad at you. You know what? It's like a it's like a lose lose. No one no one's you know like, um like Cox probably doesn't like the fact that you're saying it's his weight cl- or your weight class, but he's saying yeah. it's his weight class. And if he was in you know your spot and you and his like you'd both be saying the same thing. Yeah. It's you know it's it's weird. It's it's like a catch twenty two. It's like you you want to have that mentality, but you don't want your competitors to have it. 
Yeah. And I think, too, like, for me, like, there's also a sense of respect there because, like, you know, I respect you for having that mentality because you're, you're trying to get after it. You know, you're, you're going to do whatever it takes. And, yeah. like, you know, like, as a competitor, you want those guys to do, have that because you want to beat people at their best. Yeah. You don't want to leave any room for, like, doubt in any conversation, you know. And plus, like, as a competitor, you want challenges. You, you want to be challenged. You want to be pushed. You know what I mean? And I want, to, I want to wrestle against the best competition whenever the best competition is wrestling at their best. You know what I mean? And so, like, you know, respect, respect to people keeping that mentality. You know, I like that because I understand what it takes, at least as far as, like, what it takes to win an ACLA title. And, you know, what I've, like... What I personally believe is like you have to have that mentality. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's cool, man. Let's U twenty threes. Let's talk about this. I haven't heard any uh, any candidate. Who's to blame for that, man? Are you? Gonna- no, I, somebody on uh, USA Wrestling staff who let me somehow register and wrestle the U twenty three World Team Trial Tournament. Because- well, I I just like can I go sign up for for juniors or cadets now? Like, because I'm you know you can't do that. You can't you can't sign up for a tournament. Yo, You're too I, old honestly, to do. if the same person who messed me up is 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 running that that registration, then I'm sure you can you can make it. All right, but. You know, like, I don't know, man. I really think it either was, like, a flaw in the system online or, or somebody just kind of made a mistake when it came to registration because, you know, I got to wrestle the tournament and I won. And so, in my mind, I'm like, all right, I'm good to go. I'm in the U23 World Team. I'm, I'm going to wrestle the U23 World, World Tournament. And, you know, fast forward two months later, I'm at U.S. National Team Camp with the senior level team and then the U23 team. And uh, I made lunch with Coach Zadik, who's like the head USA wrestling coach. And uh, we're just talking about all types of stuff, not even wrestling related, just live or like, you know, whatever, like hot topics that are kind of going on today. Like, And, uh, you know, we're walking back from, from lunch back to the, the barracks, and he's like, hey, Mark. I'm like, yeah, what's up, Coach? He goes, how old are you, man? I'm like, oh, I'm 23. He goes, when's your birthday? I said, oh, Christmas Eve, 1994. He goes, oh, nice. And then there's a small, slight pause, and I turn around, and I keep walking. He goes, Mark. I'm like, what? He goes, you might be too old to wrestle U23s. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Oh. And he's like, you know, come to my office, and we'll check it out. And then we look at the UWW site, and it's not by actual age. What it is, it's by cutoff year. It's by, yeah. it's by birth year. So... You were, I was born Christmas Eve, nineteen ninety four. You were twenty three during the tournament. A month after the tournament. I was twenty three and a month after. Yeah, yeah. twenty three during the tournament and a month after. So technically, I'm old enough. I mean, I'm I'm young, young enough, enough to wrestle the tournament, but it's not by actual age. It's by year. And so, because I was born in ninety four and not ninety five, I was disqualified from being able to wrestle in the tournament. And it was, you know, everybody who's eligible to wrestle the twenty three tournament had to be born in the year nineteen ninety five. Or later, and I missed it by seven days. Who 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 wrestled for you at that weight class? Um, I think the one ninety seven pounder from Purdue. Okay. I think. Did he graduate? Um, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he's wrestling right now. I mean, uh, he might have another year, two years of eligibility. I can't. I can't remember. I think his name's Christian Brunner. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he won his first match, and I think he lost his next one. And then I don't know if the guy that beat him made it to the finals, so I think he kind of got kicked out after that. Okay. Didn't get pulled back into rapid charge, so. But uh, but that kind of segued, did that, was that what segued you into wrestling with Snyder and being his partner? <laughs> yeah, man, so it was actually kind of crazy. Um, so Talk about that. Obviously, I'm, I'm a big believer everything happens for a reason. Yep. And this was like, for me, it wasn't coincidental at all. I'm like, man... First of all, you know, if you don't know me or what I'm about, you know, faith is a really, really big part of, of who I am in my life, you know what I mean? And so, like, for me, I'm just like, man, it's crazy how, you know, certain things don't work out in your life. And then later on, you look back and you see, like, why. You know, there was a, 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 a reason. And then there was something better that the men upstairs had it in mind than you had for yourself. And, and you may not see it at the moment, but when you fast forward through life and you look back at the bigger picture, you kind of can see like what was, what was going on. And when, when I kind of look back at, you know, the past nine months, you know, I didn't, I made the U23 world team trials 
And even though I get to wrestle the tournament, if I would have never, if that person never would have messed up the registration and allowed me to wrestle the tournament, or if the system didn't have an error in it and never allowed me to wrestle the tournament, you know, I would have never made the U23 World Team. And if I would have never made the U23 World Team, I would have never gotten invited to the U.S. National Team Camp in San Diego at Camp Pendleton. And if I would have never gotten invited to that camp, I would have never gotten to work out with Snyder. And it was when I was at national team camp in San Diego where I got to work out with him a couple times, you know, do some live simulation matches. And, you know, I, I, you know, I gave him a good enough feel and, and, and pushed him enough to where he felt comfortable enough coming out to Raleigh for a couple of days and we worked out again. And then after that, he had texted me right before he left, hey, man, would you be interested in being my, my training partner for World Championships this year? And uh, that's kind of how everything transpired. But when I look back at everything, I was like, man, if they would have caught it from the beginning, none of that would have happened, and I would have never gotten that opportunity. And yeah. when I look at everything, man, it's like the experience that I got from training with the senior-level guys for four weeks and working out with Snyder, getting to go to the acclimation camp in Germany and getting to be a part of the world championships and, and watching in person was so valuable for me because I got to experience firsthand. I got to experience firsthand. I got to see how everything operated, weigh-ins, um, warm-ups, the way the tournament was ran, um, how the, the world team guys prepare, how they get ready to compete at the world championships. And so like, Man, I got so much out of that experience because if I wasn't working out with Kyle, I was working out with somebody else, yeah. trying to pick their brain. I was asking Kevin Jackson for notes, Bill Zadig for notes, Travell, Casey Cunningham, Kyle Dake. Like, I was asking everybody. And I have, like, so many different notepads on my phone from that week, from those two weeks, because I was just writing down as much as I can, trying to soak it all up like a sponge. Yeah. Is there is there any of those guys those guys you know you you got to see all of them and I'm I'm guessing it's Snyder but if it's not um, answer you know correct me but is there any of those guys that like your style really gravitated to their style and how they worked like you just really looked up to them you're like I gotta whatever this guy's saying or doing like I gotta be in the room listening and, and emulating as much as I can was there anybody that stood out to you more than the last guys. Um, maybe Snyder, man, because he's a grinder, man. He wrestles hard. He wrestles a really, really hard pace the, the entire match, and, and he wears guys down, and he's a strong individual. And, you know, I, I kind of wrestle like that, too, with a really, really hard pace, and I try and wear guys down. But, you know, I, for me, I was just, you know, I wasn't really thinking about that a whole lot. I was just trying to, you know, understand the sport from as many different angles as I could because Kyle thinks about the sport differently than – Dake does and Jaden thinks about the sport differently than Snyder does too and and JB and James Green think about the sport differently than Gilman does you know what I mean and yeah and so trying to understand okay how do you approach the sport and, and you know why does this work for you and I mean it, it was it was really good experience but if I had to pick one person it would probably be probably be Kyle just because he he really wears guys down and, and I and that's kind of how my style is too so how long do those guys go i mean like a day like what i mean all they got to do now it seems is wrestle but like how long yeah. what does a typical day look like in the olympic room yeah so here's the thing man it was different for everybody yeah it was really really different like some guys would take a day off focus specifically on recovery like dake um guys would be really really light at practice sometimes like like david um some guys would go hard. Even even Snyder some days took it light. And most of it was just like, okay, it was really, really short practices that were really, really focused. Just kind of like what they need that day. Yep. And how your up. body's feeling and, and kind of just listening to that and, you know, making sure that you're feeling good and that you're pushing yourself enough to where you, you're, you feel well prepared leading up to world championships. Because at that point, most of the body work's been done before that yeah you know what i mean and now it's okay making sure you don't get injured in practice so that you're healthy for the tournament making sure you're feeling good so you're obviously trying to get a good blowing we did matches and stuff like that too to you know simulate you know the different rounds and stuff like that which was good but outside of that it kind of was really really different for everybody 
um, you know, I saw Dake, like, um, I think Neil would take a complete day off and just only focus on, like, stretching and rolling out and stuff like that. Some days we came in on our own, played spike ball for, like, 30 minutes, maybe played some knockout, and then we just sparred and went over a couple of things for 30 minutes, and that was it. Some guys lifted, some guys didn't. Uh, Snyder, for example, he lifted three times a week. The bigger and guys lift a little bit more than the smaller guys? Yeah, I think so. And so, I mean, it really kind of varies. Dake, for example, didn't lift at all. That's what I've heard, man. That's true? He doesn't lift at all? Yeah, it's true, man. He doesn't lift at all. He only does his, like, uh... Like calisthenics, explosive stuff? Yeah, he does explosive stuff. There's this stuff uh, that he's doing now. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank, bro. I'm sorry. Okay, well, if you think of it, it's it's cool. Um, How's the Adidas stuff going? Just with not bad. with them, not bad. you know, like a small contract, like a, just a, a really, really small contract, just kind of starts you out. And you know, I get free gears needed if I need a pair of shoes, I'll shoot them a text and they yeah. send some stuff my way. And you know, it's not bad, but <clears throat> it's nice, you know. But I really don't think about it a whole lot. Well, so when it when it first tell a story you told told Chael and I when it first happened, what uh. Like what was going through your head? Because you saw what was the deal? You saw um, you saw Casper had a deal or something. Yeah. Tell that. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I think so. You, Refresh my memory a little bit. Uh, you just it was. It's funny because some of the best advice I ever got was right after you said this when Chael said, uh, "You know, if you want something, you got to ask for your opportunity." And you you had uh, you had just seen a few guys get signed with Adidas. And you yeah. just texted somebody, and you're like, "Hey, what does it take to get signed with Adidas?" Oh. Gotcha. Okay, so I remember what you're talking about. Okay. So I had seen Casper sign with Adidas, and Bryce had signed with Adidas, and I was really curious as to like, man, I would love to get a sponsorship and be endorsed by a company like Adidas. One, I love Combat Speeds, my favorite wrestling shoe. Okay. Most comfortable wrestling shoe. I've been wearing Combat Speeds since high school. Yeah. It's the shoe I'm most familiar with. The shoe I'm most comfortable with wearing. And really, at the end of the day. What you wear on your feet doesn't really dictate your ability to wrestle, but like I just I like to feel well, right. Some people's opinions are different <laughs> and wrong, so yeah. <laughs> and so, dude, I, I just kind of Scully, who is the guy who is head of Adidas Wrestling, had come to NC State to just kind of visit a little bit. He visited Bob Guzzo because he had coached with Guzzo back in the day, and I met him. He introduced himself to me, and I shook his hand, and. Before this, I'd asked Casper, okay, what did you kind of do to get the sponsorship? And he had kind of reached out to them because he got reached out by Nike. And then he reached out to Adidas on his own and asked them, hey, this is what Nike's offering me. Would you be willing to offer me a contract as well? So that way I can make a decision on who I want to go with. And honestly, Adidas was able to give him a better deal than Nike, which is why he ultimately signed with Adidas. And with that being said... And I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe I got to take action myself and reach out to them on my own. And I kind of introduced myself to him. Or after he'd introduced myself to him, I walked into the wrestling room. And I was kind of nervous to ask him. I was like, oh, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I was so like, those, oh. those weird situations. Like, oh. Yeah, those really awkward situations where you're just like, uh, hey, man, can you sign me? <laughs> and, uh, and so I walk into the room, in the wrestling room, and I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Screw but it. at least I asked and I gave it a shot. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, whatever. If it doesn't work, that's fine. But I'm going to ask just to see how it goes. So I turn around and I go right back out to him. I was like, hey, man. So, you know, I was wondering, you know, what, what do you guys look for whenever you sign an athlete to Adidas? And what are the type of things that, um, you know, I need to do in order to kind of get there? And what are the things that you look at the most? And he just like... Give me your email, man. We'd love to have you. I was like, are you, are you serious? Is that easy? He goes, yeah, man, shoot me an email, and I'll go ahead and set everything up for you. Go ahead and send you some stuff. I was like, all right. So well, I did that, and that's kind of how I got signed. It's probably that easy when an NCAA champ asks them. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it, it was really, really cool. So um, contract ends. I signed a one-year contract. Contract ends in June, so I'm excited to kind of – renegotiate hopefully a better deal and kind of sign and, and you know look for some some bigger better things out of them and you know, I felt like I've, I've had a pretty solid year for, yeah. um, for myself so I think I'm starting to kind of build some leverage 
you know, because ultimately, like, when you're looking for those things, a lot of these deals are, like, results-based. Are you producing? You know what I mean? There's, like, it's a business. You know, do, you, do you have influence? Yeah, and, you, and these companies want, you know, to sign athletes who are bringing a lot of, like, revenue, profitability, or, like, creating a big name for themselves because, you know, if they have a big name for themselves and they have a lot of influence, if they're wearing your product... That's going to be, you know, huge because people are going to see that and they have a lot of respect for that athlete. And then, you know, obviously those athletes are going to want to wear whatever you're wearing. Well, I mean, you're on my show and we just did a plug for Adidas. So (laughs) all all 50 subscribers at this point. That's awesome, man. I'm glad to see you. Dude, I love the name for real, though. The Barbell Experience. Yeah. Seriously. uh, How'd you come up with that? um, Well, Barbell has been my nickname since my freshman year. Really? Of college, yeah, and it's stuck. Because the first thing I think about is just, like, lifting weights. Yeah, it's not. that's not it. <laughs> Clearly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, so my freshman year of high school, or college, sorry, I was yeah. wearing a West Side Barbell shirt to, like, camps. And okay. we had a 97-pounder that was a bodybuilder. And, uh, and he just started calling me Barbell, and it stuck. And, like, I went into my second year of college. People didn't even know my name. Like, my first name was Christian. They were like, wait, your first name's really not Barbell? I thought it was like your middle name or something. I told somebody that my name was Barbell. They, my actual name was Barbell because my uncle was a like an Olympic weightlifter, which isn't true. And they bought it. It was so... Oh but, my gosh. So yeah, the Barbell Experience is the, cha- the YouTube channel. And then I've got different segments. You know, I've got um, the interviews, the, you know conversations which is called it's all about who you know and then um you know i've got the fight life that i'm gonna do i've got roommate files which is basically my my blog and then in your face faith which uh which is it the name is supposed to be ironic i'm not throwing bibles at people so (laughs) but um awesome on this so what made you want to do this is just something you've always wanted to do well i just never got the opportunity and time to kind of kick it off or like so i've been told like Hey, I think you'd be good at like stuff like everybody comes to me and they're like, Hey, I think not everybody, but a, a, a bunch of people, hey, yeah. a bunch of people have said, I think you'd be good in the WWE. And then a few of my buddies and friends have said like, you know, you'd be like, you'd have a good personality for YouTube or something like that. And I never really gave it too much thought because I didn't have the resources. And then my parents gave me a GoPro for my birthday and I was all like, right. all right. So like 20 days later was my first post. So and you got a lot of subscribers fast, man. Yeah, I got like fifty-two in the first day, so we'll see. I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping to break that that viral mark, and uh, I got some good ideas that I think will do it. But um, nice. But honestly, man, I just I just want to influence people. I just want to you know, you know. Imp- uh, I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff on YouTube. There's a lot of stuff that is no, they're um, definitely negative, and um, so I want to I want to influence people in a in a godly way and. Did you happen to see that Momo thing that kind of went viral not too long ago about the YouTube and, and the, the one person, like, inserting videos within, like, these little kid videos on YouTube? What? No, no, I don't know what you're talking about. What is it? I, maybe I heard something about it. It was, it was really bad, man. I, it was while, I saw it while I was in Bulgaria. It was trending on Twitter, and this is a little off topic, but, you know, they're talking about bad stuff on YouTube. This Go into really it, man. Yeah, so... Um, I saw that on YouTube. You ever heard of Peppa the Pig? It's like a little kid show that's on YouTube. Is that no? Uh, maybe I've got a cousin. It's like a cartoon pig. Yeah, yeah, I got a cousin. It's for little kids, it. like if parents, you know, want their kids to, you know, stay busy, they YouTube pull kids, yeah, YouTube videos, put them on the iPad or the yep. tablet. Well, they got phone. a YouTube, they got a YouTube Kids app and it just plays. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. And so, pretty much, there's this little kid shows, and. In the middle of the videos, somebody had been inserting clips of, like, this really scary-looking figure with a, a child's voice to it. And pretty much, the figure was, like, telling the kids to do ridiculous stuff, like, yeah. And uh, pretty much, like, turn on the stove when your parents are asleep, take a knife and put it into an outlet. And it was just, it was so, so cool. And you think, like, how can an individual want to do something, not just want, but actually, like, go out, put in the amount of, put the amount of time and effort it takes to take these YouTube videos, insert a, a couple, like, second clip or 30-second clip to tell these kids, like, how to harm themselves, 
not to inform their parents. Just ridiculous stuff. And it was like really, really serious. And it was trending last week on Twitter. I bet if you Googled it, Momo, it'll, it would pop up. I'm going to look it up. That's disgusting, man. I mean, that's, that's disgusting. It's yeah, just, man. It's evil. So, like, it's evil. I mean, that's I'm glad to hear you're like, you know, wanting, you know, positively influence people, man. That's huge. There's, yeah, there's man. There's got to be more of that, you know? Yeah. The Momo guy. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Turn, turn yourself in, bro. Do it for the greater <laughs> good. You're a sick person. But you can yeah, help. No, seriously, though. But when you get a chance, man, look that up. You're going to be like, what? That, what the hell is that? That's crazy. That's disgusting, man. Um, talk about let's, – uh, let's talk about your NCAA experience just being at NC State, and then I want to go into some fan questions because we got a couple funny ones. Oh, and, uh, so I got some I got some people whose names I didn't recognize, so I think they're maybe your friends. But uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. But just uh, man, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but um, you you had a pretty pretty unique experience at um, at NC at NC State and out of high school. You your your path to to an NC title wasn't conventional. You know, you look at guys like Dake, Snyder, um, Burroughs, like all these guys like coming out of high school. You probably think maybe not so much Burroughs, but a bunch of those guys. You know, Taylor, like everybody else. Even Burroughs too, though. Burroughs only won one state title. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, in New Jersey, I mean, let's let's be yeah, fair. Little true. little New tougher Jersey's than only one 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 state one state champ, which is big deal. North Carolina, but um, but you know, you got a little bit more of an unconventional path. You want to talk about that for a second? It's man, pretty man, cool, man. So where do you want me to start? Anywhere? Um, just kind of give a snippet of your high school career, and then talk about like each year individually in college. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, high school um, was on the varsity basketball team. Skinner recruit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dude, hey, disclaimer. I have seen Mock. What are you, 5'8? Five, 5'9? Five, 5'11. Thank you very much. Alright. 5'4. Jump up. I'm trying to help you, dude. Did you just say 5'4? Anyway, I have seen him jump up and oh grab God. the rim with both hands. That's no joke. That's not a lie. He might have grabbed the net and climbed up, but I only saw right, that. that. Definitely didn't happen. I only saw the finished product of and definitely five eleven. So okay, all right. Don't believe Christian's five four BS. Um. So, um, in high school, I uh, I started wrestling in eighth grade. I wrestled eighteen matches my first season, and that was it. And then my first full season was my freshman year of high school. Okay. I never wrestled year round. I didn't do club wrestling. I didn't do off-season wrestling because I was doing football workouts in the summer, playing football for the varsity team. And football is pretty big deal down here in the South, especially in the county that I'm from in North Carolina. And uh, and then I would transition into high school wrestling season, and I would miss like the first three, four weeks because we'd always go pretty deep into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then after wrestling season, before the season ended, I was started doing club soccer practice because I played for a club soccer team so i was traveling a lot doing like state cup stuff i actually had a couple teammates play like college soccer and so i was doing wrestling practice going home eating dinner and then going to club soccer practice from seven to nine the last like month of the season and then once the wrestling season ended i was you know full full all in into my my soccer season all the way up until summer so i was doing a different sport every season i never did one sport year round and so freshman year it's all right, didn't qualify for state tournament. Sophomore year, did okay again, didn't qualify for state tournament. But I was really, really close. I lost to the kid to qual- lost to the kid in the round to qualify. What round? And then uh, junior year, I placed third at the state tournament. First time at the state tournament, placed third in North Carolina, 4A. And I uh, went to Flow Nationals afterwards, and I placed sixth. So I was a Flow National All-American my junior year. Then senior year, I won the state title, and then I placed third at Flow Nationals my senior year. Wasn't getting recruited by a whole lot of schools. Um, NC State reached out to me after Flow Nationals my junior year. Frank Beasley, who's now the head coach of George Mason, was like doing a great job being persistent with me. And, uh, you know, I felt like, too, it was the place that kind of felt like it was most at home. So it's only two and a half hours away from my hometown. So mm-hmm. if I need to go home for a family emergency or wanted to see family or whatever, just two and a half hour drive or a $30 train ticket. Pretty convenient, you know, and you're far enough away where it's not like, oh, I'm in the same place. Yeah. And so, you know, it was a great fit. The coaching staff was brand new. They had an Olympic silver medalist, Jamil Kelly, who was there. Um, and I had a lot of great things about Pat Papalizzi and what he did at Binghamton. And so I was really, really excited. And got there, won the starting spot by the end of the year, my freshman year. But I had a losing record 
and I didn't qualify for nationals. I was 11 and 14 my freshman year of college, so losing record. Sophomore year, I had a 50-50 record. I was 11 and 11. Still didn't qualify for nationals because by the end of the year, I had lost the starting spot to an incoming freshman. So I didn't even get to wrestle the ACC tournament my sophomore year. And uh, junior year, I redshirted. Coaches wanted me to, you know, pull me up to 197 because the the freshman who had beat me up for the spot, you know, was had had a pretty promising year. And so, I mean, he's a good friend of mine. His name's Nikki Hall. And he's in the Marines now. So, one, I just want to thank everybody who's listening. Um, appreciate your service and what you do for our country, allowing us to, you know, chase our dreams and do what we do here. Absolutely. Um, thank you. And uh, But, yeah, so he's in the Marines now. And uh, he had a really promising year. He looked great. You know, he was pinning guys that I was barely beating. And, and uh, you know, so I decided I wanted a redshirt just because I knew I was technically behind. You know, I had the physical attributes, speed, athletic ability, um, and I wrestled really, really hard, but I was just behind technically. There was a lot of things that, a lot of positions I was just unfamiliar with and didn't really know what to do. And, and so I spent that whole year just focusing on technique, really breaking things down and, and slowing down in practice to make sure that I knew like what I was actually doing, not just trying to club the mess out of people for seven minutes. Yeah. And uh, that, that year, man, I made a lot of jumps. I won the Penn State Open, um, beat Matt McCutcheon, who was ranked 12th at the time, and so I had a really, really promising year. I went 13-2 and two that redshirt year. And then going into my redshirt junior year, I was like 27-6 and six or 27-8, and eight, qualified for nationals. I was the 10th seed at the NCAA tournament. I made it to the round of 12, and I lost by point in the round of All-American. Yeah, man. So that, that was tough. And that was my first trip to NCAAs. And learned a lot, though. Um, and then my next year, man, I bumped up to 197. And uh, it was a great decision for me. Uh, close to my natural body weight. I didn't have to run on the treadmill a lot. So cutting weight wasn't too bad. And uh, then I went 20, 21 and 3. My, I, had, I took uh, one loss in January, and I took two losses at the very end of the year right before NCAAs to Who'd Jared Hot. You lost the hot twice, okay. Who'd you lose to? Hot twice. Preston Weigel from Oklahoma State. Oh, okay. Off a riding time point. Oh, man. And I freaking escaped the last second, almost got a reversal. So, I mean, it was a tough match. So, what you're saying is you like like bottom. uh, Okay, we get it. So, I lost to Hot in the dual meet 2-1 off my own style call, and then I lost to him in the ACC finals in, like, triple overtime. Yeah. And then, come national tournament, man, I was the four seed. And, uh... I had beaten Colin Moore, too, right after I'd lost a hot, who was ranked number one at the time. And so that was, was a good win, and I was really, really excited about that. And So, I mean, I, I knew I was capable, man. I, I had a lot of confidence going into that tournament. And uh, one thing led to another. Made to the NCAA Finals, and I ended up getting to wrestle hot again for the third time that year. And I took him down with about 10 seconds left to win the match. And we all so know how you, t- we all know how you took him down. <laughs> Look, man, I promise it was a butt drag. There was nothing else there. All I was trying to do was score. Dude, you grabbed his balls. I did not grab his balls. Look, I know if you pull the picture, which I'm I'm sure you're going to add it to the video. I have no idea. Oh, it's to be right here. (laughs) Look, man, there was, my hand was like this, straight. I'm not squeezing. I'm not... Look, man, I was just doing what I had to do to win, okay? And I'm not saying that I did it. All I'm saying is I was wrestling, and if I did do it on accident, I apologize, Jared. Not my intentions. It was just wrestling through the position. Hey, man, there's no shame in here at the Barbell Experience for that, okay? <coughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> All right, you want to... Great story, man. Is, uh, Thanks, man. Is that... I've been working on my storytelling skills. They need some work. You know, I could add a little bit of more humor here and there. You know, get a little bit more creative. Maybe stretch a little bit. Make it sound a little bit more exciting. Did you just say stretch? Yeah, like, you know, stretch the story a little bit. You know, make it Oh, I thought you meant, like, stretch your body. Like, no, come on, man. Like, you're about to go into a workout. Like, bro, come on. That's. But, uh, no, man, I'm trying to work on my storytelling skills. So I appreciate hearing that. Hey, no, man, it was was good. You, You need to. You need to work on the mic or the camera not being 
Sorry. No, Not I, all of us have like fancy laptops for our FaceTime. Hey, man, I was working for like two hours figuring out how I was going to do this. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to facilitate a FaceTime call. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then you texted me last night, hey, man, can you download Skype just in case I can't figure just out Just in case. That was a fear. That was a fear I had. All right, let's get into some fan questions because... All right, let's hear it. Let's hear um, it. Okay, what uh, what do you think about the Pacific Northwest or FCAW Pacific Northwest? And are you up to do a camp for the Pacific Northwest? Um, I think the Pacific Northwest is amazing. I got to do a camp out in Seattle, and I got to obviously spend a whole day with you and with Kale out in Portland, which was a lot of fun, man. So anytime I'm out there, obviously I would love to do that again, but I would absolutely be down to do a camp out in the Pacific Northwest, Northwest, North, forgot to speak English, Pacific Northwest, man, it's, the scenery out there is amazing, uh, I love nature too, I just love being outdoors, um, the views are gorgeous, and I too, I think, I mean, there's a good amount of people out there that I know that are just some really, really great people that I, I love spending time with, so, it's a win-win all around for me anytime I'm in the Pacific Northwest. So Awesome, man. If you played another sport still, what would it be and why? Hmm. Either football or soccer. Did you play soccer? Why? Did you play soccer in high school? Yeah, I did. Club club soccer. Okay. So I played tra- travel soccer. Um, I grew up playing football and soccer, and so those are the, I played football, soccer, wrestling all throughout high school. And so I played safety in high school, and then I was like a striker. I played forward. I was up top for soccer. And so I, either one of those two sports, but man, I I love both of them for real. Um, one example, soccer. I just have a lot of fun doing it, man. It's just a really, really fun sport to me for me. And I, I grew up playing it. it. Was the first sport I started playing at four years old. And then football, man, I just love the atmosphere, the team aspect of things. There's so many fans, there's so many people who love the sport. And so, like, that's just a fun environment to compete in for me. Very cool. All right, we got a faith question here. All right. How has Christ changed you and how you wrestle? Mm. Man, first thing that comes to mind when I hear that is freedom. Freedom, 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 man. I, I... I compete freely, man, and, and that wasn't the case for me the first couple of years. I think a lot of reason why I had a tough time competing my first and sophomore years because I put so much pressure on myself. I was trying to compete for others, trying to compete for the wrong reasons, like attention, you know, social media. Um, you know, I wanted to, you know, have a strong influence and, and platform, and, and so I wanted to be successful for that, and also, like, you know, I felt like, you know, coming from a small hometown, like any other college athlete, you know, people are like, oh, you're going to do amazing. You know, like, you know, I felt like I had to live up to expectations. And then on top of that, like, live up to coaches' expectations and, and wrestling to please my coaches. And then I went to this one camp called Ultimate Training Camp. And if you haven't heard of it, UTC, look it up. UTC, baby. It's, seriously, UTC no, fam. It, it really, life changing. I, I just, I want to stop you because that, was the best week of my life for sure. Yeah, such a fun camp. No trip man. to Mexico, no trip out of the country. You meet some really, really great people. It's the best, man. And um, and I mean, there's one in Long Beach. I'm telling you right now, Long Beach is a cool place to be. Long but, Beach State, uh, man. That's freedom, man. I learned to compete for Christ, man, not just for myself. I think when I when I learned how to do that, I had to one, I had to shift my priorities. Right, sport was number one in my life. I definitely idolized a little bit, and when I put God first. I understood, okay, regardless of the outcome, right, I'm still loved, I'm still worthy, and, you know, I personally believe God God cares more about our effort and us taking full advantage of the blessings and the gifts that he's, he's given us, and sometimes when we give everything we have to take advantage of those gifts and blessings, the outcome doesn't always go our way. Sometimes mm-hmm. we might lose, but I think God is more pleased in those losses when we give everything we have than we when when we sell ourselves short to st- sell ourselves short and still come out with a win. Playing it safe, yeah, for sure, man. You, you know what I mean? Because you, you're not giving everything you had, and 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 for me and for God's eyes, I think like He gave me those gifts and those those abilities for a reason. Yeah, not to go out there and just use half of them, right? 
because for me, like going out there and competing, it's an opportunity, you know, to give everything I have and showcase the gifts that God's given me. And, and it's a way that, you know, you do that. I think that's a way of glorifying him. And, and for me, when I go out there and compete, I, I don't think about the outcome, man. I let the outcome take care of itself. I just, I think about giving everything I have for seven minutes. And usually when I do that, man, things typically go my way. And so there's a lot of freedom in that, man. I, I don't feel like I compete with a whole lot of pressure and, it's a really good feeling, dude. It's a really good feeling. So. All right, let's do a few more here. Um, okay, we got two from the same person. I think you might know this person, Jay Probably. Oliver X. Does that sound familiar? So my roommate. Yep. He says, "Why is his head so big?" And he also says, "How do you feel about the nickname Hollywood?" My head is large because I don't know. It's kind of got like a square shape to it. I don't know what you want me to tell you. I don't. Hey, I have man. a large noggin. These There's are the questions that came in. I, I didn't pick them. Yeah. All right. So I don't know what to tell you about that. There's nothing I can do to change that. Um, and then Hollywood, his girlfriend calls me that because she thinks it's hilarious. And so. <laughs> it's because you're so handsome, man. I mean, that's really yeah. the root of it. Yeah, or some troll. I'm not really sure yet. I guess it's a compliment. I really don't know how I feel about it, so it's, <laughs> I guess indifferent. Yeah. All right, two more here. Not a bad nickname. Yeah. We got an Andrew Machiavello. Any relation uh, there? The little bro, little brother. All right. He said he asked if you're a good driver. Did you, <laughs> is there a backstory to that one? Did you get in a car crash recently? No, not recently, but I'm not the best driver, man. I uh, I flipped my car a couple years ago because I, because I, I shouldn't be laughing. I, I shouldn't be laughing. I'm sorry. You could have been yeah, hurt. No, it's fine, man. Thankfully, nothing happened. I was like unscathed, which was crazy. So shout out to the men upstairs. But, For sure. Yeah, man. I'm not the best driver, so. <laughs> All right. Last one. All right. Moe's or Chipotle? Jeez. I forgot about Moe's. We have those back in Missouri. Shout out to Dude, Michael. I went to this like, village deli and grill that's like, not too far from me. There's a Moe's right next to it. And I almost went in there the other day, but... I gotta go Chipotle, man. Yeah. Moe's has good queso and chips, though. Do they? Yeah, I haven't been there in a while. I, we have. I like, I like their queso better than Chipotle's queso. We uh we have Qdoba and Chipotle. I'm a Qdoba guy. Mm, Qdoba's good. Qdoba, like Qdoba Qdoba beat Chipotle to the punch with queso. I don't. First of all, why you would open a Mexican restaurant without queso is beyond me. But Chipotle yep. Chipotle had queso with was without queso for years, and I was like, this is no, it's Qdoba all the way, baby. <laughs> this is a red flag. <laughs> I gotta. I'm gonna go across the street. You guys have fun over here. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah, um, good, man. Man, any anything else? Any last words? I'm thinking about going with any last words for my sign off there. Any last words? That's it's like, good. It's intense. It's like, oh gosh, like this guy's walking off the plank, you know? Yeah, that's good. We'll any probably get some horrible words. feedback. It makes me about. feel like you're standing over top of me, and I'm in like the Call of Duty last stand. Yeah, on the ground. Well, I've been lo- watching a lot of Game of Thrones too, so that's kind of a... trailer for that. Do you, do you watch Game of Thrones? No, I don't. I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't hate me for it. No, I don't, man. I, I, I don't blame you. There's, uh... I feel like I get a lot of judgment when I tell people that. Well, anyway. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I was... man, now you see me differently. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't, man, because I was having some moral conflicts with it. I was like, oh, should I be watching? Like, this, it's a it's a bad show, dude. Like, it is. Really? It's like, I mean, nudity. It's good, though. It's good. Language. It oh, it is. Up. It's it's like it's like a. I would put it up there with like a like a Sopranos or the Godfather of. Oh, nice. Like uh, is it, fantasy. Their episodes are like an hour, two hours long, though, aren't they? An hour, and then about an hour and twenty, an hour and a half for the each season ending. Yeah. So they're like mini movies. Yeah, I watched it in a month. I, Jeez. I, I I slacked on some studying and some reading, but. I got all I got all cut up like five days ago, so it's good, man. <laughs> but yeah, the trailer looks really good. Yeah. But uh, no, nah, any last words, man? Um, any encouragement for people that may be watching? Yeah. Um, 
is going to be kind of corny, but you got to believe in yourself before anybody else does. It's the biggest thing I learned in the past five years. You got to believe in yourself before anybody else does. And then things start to, you know, happen and people sooner or later start to hop on the bandwagon. Even if they're not there at the beginning, man, keep dreaming, keep believing, stay with it, and don't sell yourself short. So, Gotcha. All right, man. Well, hey, let me get to one more fan question. Barbell Robertson asks, are you seeing anybody? I am not. Why would I ask that? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not currently seeing anybody right now, man. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I am... Um, just trying to grow as much as I can right now in my faith, you know, because I obviously who wouldn't want to be in a relationship, right? I mean, it's tough, but it's nice to have a <laughs> it's nice to have a a girlfriend, you know what I mean? And so I think uh, I'm just trying to grow right now as much as I can in my faith because I know, you know, I want to be fully equipped to just kind of lead somebody in a, in a godly relationship when the time comes, and and uh, you know, I want to be really intentional about that whenever it happens. So right now I'm just kind of in this phase where I'm letting, you know, all my free time uh, be time that I spend in the Word, whether it's like time reflecting on my own thoughts, trying to learn about myself and and tendencies that I have or certain things that I got to work on and and just stuff like that. So, and then, you know, when it happens, it happens. So Absolutely. All right, man. Well. I uh, I appreciate you getting on here. I appreciate everything. It was good catching up with you, man. Yeah, man. It was, man. I appreciate you bringing me on the yeah. Barbell experience. I'm excited, man. I feel like this thing's going to be big soon. So We'll see. Somebody messaged me today about some connects that that you might know. So, uh we'll see what we'll see what happens. So That's sweet, man. But hey, man, I appreciate you. Love you, brother. Have a good one. Hey, love you too, man. And uh we'll talk soon. Get out here. We'll start we'll start the fight team in Oregon. Hey, let's do it. See you, man. Yeah. Oh. All right, guys. Well, I hope you liked that interview. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you got to listen to some of the things Mock says and hopefully some of the things I said. I mean, Mock probably has some more powerful words than me. But, uh, yeah, I hope uh, I hope you guys got something out of it. I hope you got maybe encouraged or inspired in some way just by his story and by some of the things that he's doing and his faith and everything that's going on in his life and what God's putting him through and allowing him to do um like i said these voiceovers are about a month and a half after we actually did the uh the interview because i um i didn't get my stuff on a podcast platform yet but by the time you listen to this it should be on apple hopefully you're listening to it through apple um i just sent my stuff off to them yesterday my chill interview so super excited about that i'll probably post this later tonight like i said it's wednesday the 15th when i'm doing this and i don't remember what day it was when we did the interview, but um, super cool, super great guy. Love talking to him. Love hearing from him. Everything he says, man, it's just golden. Super nice guy. Um, but yeah, that's it. You know, I uh, I think we're done here. <laughs>